Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners. I'm Andrew Doyle and with me tonight is someone we like to think of as the spine of the show, Josh Howey, and the brawn of Headliners, Leo Kurse. And I suppose if we're going with this analogy, uh, I would like to think of myself as maybe, what, the pancreas? or No, the liver. The liver, because I detoxify the evil that's going to come out of your mouth. Well, I think a lot of people on Twitter would disagree with that. Yeah, Andrew. there's another part of the anatomy that they compare me to <laughs> quite frequently. But let's not dwell on that. Let's first open by having a look at tomorrow's front pages. And we start with the Daily Mail. Hard left rail union strike to paralyse Britain. This is the uh, railway unions have announced their most severe strike since 1989. That's a story we'll be discussing. On to the Telegraph now. Johnson urged to make Hunt Chancellor, apparently this will somehow help to heal the divided party. And plus there's a story there, NHS told to cut diversity jobs in waste and wokery report. Might be a bit late for them, but we, we will be discussing that as well in a bit. Now, onto The Guardian now. Tory MPs plot, vote, plot to vote strikes to keep Johnson on the rope. So these are the rebels who are hoping to paralyse the government's lawmaking capability. And there's a story there as well. Legal age for smoking could be raised to 21. Wednesday's Financial Times now. Stalemate with Russia, not an option, Zelensky tells West. So he's uh, appealing for more weapons. He's also saying that full sovereignty for Ukraine is the goal. On to Wednesday's Times, they lead with cut taxes if you want to survive, PM urged. It's the cabinet ministers demanding action to fix the economy. And biggest rail strike for 30 years will cause week of disruption. Daily Express now, fighting back. Boris tax blitz to silence rebels. This is his attempt to seize back power in his disintegrating party. And finally, we go to the star, RRRR Tissue. I think I've said that right. This is uh, Saturday Night Thunder Fever. A double whammy of storms and pollen will cause sneeze hell. And those are tomorrow's front covers. So we're kicking off with Wednesday's Daily Mail now and a rail strike. This feels like a like sort of proper old-fashioned news, Leo. I feel quite nostalgic for this kind of thing. It is, and we've had a, we've had a spate of strikes. I think on Monday there was a strike by uh, by the Tube Network in London, um, and we're we're seeing we're seeing more strikes. I think it's the most industrial action since the 80s. Is yeah, that, I'm yeah. not sure if that's. Well, right. these are the worst strikes since 1989. Yeah. So yeah. this is particularly severe. And this one uh, looks looks really bad. So rail workers are going to bring the British rail network to halt uh, with a three-day strike. Not one of these, you know, one-day strikes. You can just uh, just stay at home and work from home. This is three days on the 21st, 23rd, and 25th of June. Uh, this is over possible job cuts at Transport for London and the National Rail Network. Uh, and there's also going to be a, a further tube strike on the 21st of June right. um, in a coordinated move also designed to head off job cuts. Uh, and this is uh, because there's been a, a pay freeze despite you know, galloping inflation that's into double digits by now. Um, and also redundancies. I mean, there's, uh, the, the, the train network is, is in a bit of a pickle because uh, the lockdown really changed 
um, how how people travel by how people yeah. work and travel. Yeah, so they travel to their sofa. Yeah, they travel yeah. to their sofa. <laughs> about as far as they go. They don't buy. Like so, tw they're, they're selling twenty five percent fewer tickets. And also, people don't want to get on a. You know, some people want to travel in the safety of a car, where uh, where you know you're not going to be exposed to any viruses or anything. Um, and the taxpayer bailed out the the train companies by sixteen billion pounds over yes. lockdown. And now it's time, you know, to sort of get some of that back by making these cuts. And unfortunately, we're in this situation where there's incredibly low unemployment. So the unions and workers have got incredible power uh, because you can't just, you know, scrap everybody and, and get a new... Now, why, why am I sensing that you're not on board with this strike? You don't think this is a good thing, necessarily? Well, I mean, look, they are, look <laughs> there is the, like you say, galloping inflation, 11.1% yeah. at the moment, and it's only getting worse. Yeah. Uh, they've had a pay freeze already because of the pandemic. Surely they've got a right to agitate for better conditions. Well, they've been bailed out by a lot of taxpayers' money. So that's, that's money that's being taken from the, the uh, wages of, you know, people who work in supermarkets and, and people who, you know, aren't on huge salaries. Uh, so they're, they're having to pay into the system. And, and train workers and tube drivers get paid quite a lot of money overall. But it's not just about the drivers, is it? It's about other, other support staff as well who may yeah. not be on those kind of wages. That you... What do you think, Josh? Are you on the, union, on the strikers' side? People want to earn as much money as they can for their job. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, when every the average family have, I think, contributed six six hundred pounds a year to the rail network, hmm. and we're talking about environmental concerns where people should be using train a bit more. And this is not it's not a three day strike. It's really a five day strike because the way that they're alternating the days, it yes. takes a day for the system to reset anyway. That is a that's the week where there's the two by elections. It's going to be Glastonbury. Um, you've it's got an Elton the, John concert. Elton John concert. I mean, I, I'm already going to be camping there anyway. Right, exactly. So that's not going to worry yeah, you particularly. In both but, senses. But what about their view? I mean, some of the workers are saying, look, the, the, the rail companies are making £500 million profits. Mm. Uh, a lot of the big CEOs, the people at the very top, they've made a lot of money during the pandemic. So isn't that lack of equality really at the heart of this? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think uh, if maybe if maybe if train staff treated me better, I'd feel more <laughs> sympathy for them. But they don't. And the, the drivers, they don't even have a steering wheel. It's just a button to say go and open the door. <laughs> so, you know, they're not doing a huge amount of work here. We could replace them with, with robots or even like just trained Labradors, not even highly trained, just some regular Labradors. Uh, it sounds like you're just settling a grudge here. Well, yeah, they, they've been they, rude they, to you and you don't like the it. The amount of times I've turned up to get on a train to, to Glasgow and they're like, oh, this is for an earlier train or whatever. And it's like, yeah, so what? It's for a train to Glasgow, so can I get on the train? They're like, no, you need to go to the ticket office and get it all right, sorted. Well, you know what you could do is you, get there on time. No, yeah. then you go and sort no, it I'm out. I'm sorry. Take some responsibility, and then, you get, the, then you get on the train and it's empty. And you know why? Nobody wants to travel on your train because right. you're treating the customers terribly. Well, I'm not going to allow Leo to use this show as a springboard to settle his scores, so we'll move on now to Wednesday's Mail. And again, some genuinely nostalgic news here. This is a Conservative agitating for privatising the NHS. Josh. What is he? Uh, well, well that, that's the... You yes, tell me. <laughs> well, I don't think he is. But, yeah, in the Daily Mail, uh, uh, Sajid Javid, uh, the health secretary, basically, he compared the... He said, the NHS is a blockbuster healthcare system in the age of Netflix. Can you talk me through that analogy? Yeah, well, because it's a I, terrible I'm, I'm analogy. I'm getting very confused First of all, that. there's probably a bunch of people who don't even remember what blockbuster is. Or well, they might be thinking of Bob Holness. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which, fantastic game show. Um, <laughs> secondly... Uh, Blockbuster, it's like saying Netflix is better than Blockbuster. I'm not sure if that's actually the case. Like, you no, know, you not. go back, you go to Netflix, there's like one watchable film on it. You go to Blockbuster, there was some good stuff there, even in like the art section. So that's a terrible analogy. There's a lot of Sylvester Stallone and Steven Seagal, I seem to remember. There was Which, a lot of that. There's none of, of that in Netflix. And I can see it's had a massive impact yeah. on every facet <laughs> of your... Massive impact? Of that was your... one of the films. 
massive impact. But you're right, the analogy yeah. does fall down yeah. because Steven Seagal doesn't go to the NHS, exactly. He goes to Russia. And uh, <laughs> so, and the, the other, I guess what the thing, what you're alluding to is the fact that you pay for Netflix, but then of course you paid for Blockbuster as well. So um, I think it's just a terrible analogy. Saying that, of course, the NHS can be improved, and there's all there's going to be lots well, of well, look. I mean, there is a lot of. I mean, this article talks about the the uh, the people waiting in line for treatment yeah. is now at an absolute record high. They're saying here there's a record of 6.36 million people currently waiting for routine treatment in hospital. Yeah. This can't go on, can it, Leah? Well, some of them, some of them will probably die. Um, before, before that, so silver linings, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that'll bring the numbers down. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, I think people are very resistant to any sort of privatisation in mm. the NHS. Privatisation has, has become a dirty word, and I understand mm. you know there's this. Uh, you don't want um, companies, you don't want profit to be a motivator in, mm. in delivering healthcare. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is that you know, it, it, private companies can quite often uh, deliver things better, and you wouldn't want the NHS to manufacture their own ambulances. Okay, no, okay, but you're talking about sort of uh, tendering contracts out for supplies yeah. and that kind of thing. But what about the fundamental core value of the NHS, well, yeah. which is like in America, if you're poor and you get seriously yeah. ill, you just die. Uh, yeah, right? There are so, more than two options. We don't have to have America or, or the NHS. America's ranked 17th in the world, the NHS is ranked 13th, so it's not like it's a huge okay. improvement. Well, two, Swiss two things. First of all, there's nothing in this article that alludes that we're talking about privatisation of the NHS. No, this at is something. Yeah, it, it, there's a separate day. But I will say, that, you know, as a traditional Lefty, that the one thing that has got every everyone was like, yeah, they're the the Tories. They're going to privatise the NHS. We haven't actually seen really any evidence of that. The fact is that they about ten years ago it was about 100 billion. Now they're spending about 130 billion. So there are inefficiencies within that system. The NHS is not perfect. It can of course be made better, and I guess that's what he's actually alluding to here. Yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, it, 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 you know, it, the things change and healthcare changes and they need to be do constantly updating themselves. I think that's what But there has been a fear because the Tories have often been accused of trying to privatise the NHS by yeah. stealth. Yeah, but yeah. The, the Tories have been in power. How much over the last, you know, 40 years? 12 terrible years. It's uh, and, and 12, 12 years, the 12 most recent years, and, you know, and also, you know, in the 80s and 90s, and they didn't privatise the NHS. Yeah. So I think people can stop worrying. That the well, Tories if you didn't use these the blockbuster analogies and Netflix analogies, <laughs> maybe we wouldn't start running to this, this idea that it's about capitalism. I'm guessing anyway. that he's someone who wasn't invited to the parties. Right, that, that, that'll that'll be Yeah, he's, he's going to leave him with his blockbuster. OK, so Wednesday's sun now, and in a time where the news can seem very bleak, Here's some genuinely great news, though. This is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, this is more healthcare news, but definitely a lot more positive. So doctors have been left shocked after an experimental drug cured patients that had bowel cancer. Uh, they said the tumours vanished after six months of treatment uh, and results that have never been seen before. But just to temper the, the positivity, uh, the study was only conducted in 12 patients in the US. Uh, so, you know, that's a very small group to, to do it on. But, um, but each participant of, of the 12 who took the drug, which is called... Dostarlimab. Dostarlimab, um, I would say. Is that written backwards? I feel like it, it's written it, it, backwards. It feels like an anagram, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a riddle to be solved. It's tomorrow's Wordle. But, it, um, but, but yeah, <laughs> all of them have, have entered remission. So it works by unmasking hidden cancer cells, uh, which then helps the immune system to, to find them and destroy them. So, yeah. you know, at the moment, our treat cancer treatments tend to be chemotherapy or radiotherapy, which are very uh, brutal on, on the body. So this... 
uses the, the body's immune system to attack the cancer cells and doesn't have uh, sort of harsh side effects. I mean, it's, it is incredible. You're absolutely right to alert us to the fact that it's a small trial. Yeah. It's 12 people. But they hadn't expected the, the you know, literally every single person every who single participated has, has no trace of and cancer. It was, it was two years ago when they did the trial. Right. So they're still uh, totally fine. I mean, this is this is very exciting news. I, you know, I turned 46 recently. So I've just been, I, you know, the, the, the algorithms find you. And when you turn 46, I've just been getting a lot of stuff online for like constant ads for getting my bum checked out. <laughs> like it's just now, it's, it's incessant. Like every time I open Twitter, it's just coming at me all the time. So I've just been putting it off because I'm terrified. But now it's like... Good. I'm wait now. I can just wait even more. I'm still now. I'm going to put it off even more <laughs> because the, there's a drug coming my way. See, this is why the NHS doesn't work. People just expect to get treated, and so they don't look after themselves. Yes. I think Josh is the pinnacle of health. You could do, in the in the uh, interval. We'll do a little check out, and you could just make sure. <laughs> yeah. I like that you're calling it an interval. <laughs> like this is a combat sport or something <laughs> yeah. like that, which it sort of is. More transport woes. This time from the Telegraph, Josh. Yeah, so HS2 is going to be scaled back even further now. Uh, they were going to connect it to Scotland. They've listened <laughs> to Leo. They wanted to go. <laughs> they wanted to go back, and uh, but they said it's not worth three billion pounds. Unfortunately, so but wasn't this but, like a major aspect of the appeal yeah. of HS2 that it was going to find a way for us to get all the way to the top of the country and back? Absolutely, yeah. and then it yeah. sort of makes the whole project a little bit. It lessens the value of it. So what is it now? You're just going to get an hour off your commute time to Manchester. Just got to go to Manchester and then you just walk. And then you just. <laughs> yeah. well, well, do you have any feeling as a, as a Scotchman, kind of, or Scotsman, which is the right way? Scots. Yeah, Scots, okay. Yeah. One of them's really offensive. You're, lo you're lucky I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, do you feel passionately about this? Did you want a quicker route? Well, home? I mean, I, th I thought, you know, a, a faster rail link to Scotland would have been a great idea. Then I heard it cost three billion, and that part of my Scottish nature <laughs> uh, kicked in. And I'm like, yeah, they should def definitely cull it. Uh, but no, no, I mean, on a seri serious point, Scotland is becoming a more insular country under the SNP. Uh, so we need to encourage, you know, people to travel up and down and, you know, share, uh, share ideas, share culture and see, you know, Scottish people need to come down to, to Britain, uh, come down to England and see that, you know... Yeah, see, uh, just see Netflix. Like, they've still got Blockbuster there. <laughs> yeah, they have still got Blockbuster. <laughs> come and check out Netflix, guys. Very funny. <laughs> very funny, Joe. <laughs> wow. That's why he's here. Uh, a story now that a great many people are surprisingly enthusiastic about. Uh, USB-C ports. I have to admit, this doesn't really get me going. Uh, what's this one about? Leo? So, yeah, the, so the EU has uh, stepped in. You know, they're normally, uh, we're used to them tinkering with the bendiness of bananas and things like that. But now they're sorting out USB charging ports. So they've uh, ruled that all phones must have the same charging plug. And it's the, it's the USB-C port. That yeah, if, so that's a smaller one, isn't it? The one that replaced USB. Yeah. It's a, small, a smaller one. Yeah, the one that it's, you've got. Well, this is, the app, this is Apple. That, oh, yes. This is the other one. And yeah, okay. so Apple have been using, instead of using their uh, USB-C, don't do that uh, at home. Uh, you can damage your phone. Uh, but uh, it's fine if you damage Josh's phone. But, <laughs> but so, yeah, so Apple want to keep their, they've got a lightning cable. Yes, yeah, so uh, Apple, Apple have the smaller one. You know, and it's actually smaller. No, no, I've got, uh, I've got, you got an Android. The way you said it, like lightning. Yeah. And you never heard like this amazing do you, modern technology. Do you know what? This does make sense to me actually because uh, because I've had mm. different types of phones and I've got all sorts of cables lying around. Uh, no, it, it's, it's because I keep breaking the screens and things like that. Are you but a drug dealer at the weekends or something? Yeah, yeah I have. I have multiple yeah. affairs as well, so you know I have to keep all that going. Um, but there's all the cables and sometimes they don't fit because it's the wrong. And actually, if they standardised yeah. all of the cables, I mean, my life would be m marginally mm. easier. Of course, we're not going to get any benefit of this because we're not in the EU. 
<laughs> this, so, this so we're going to be stuck here with our stupid old lightning cables. Is this why you, Thanks, you, is this why you voted Remain? Yeah. So you can the, sort the cable business I think out. We'll still, I think Apple won't preserve a different iPhone port for, for the UK. I think everybody's going to get the USB-C. It's okay. also going to affect uh, other, other things like laptops. So all laptops, uh, they're going to extend the rule to include laptops. And I think it's great because, I don't know, for a while it felt like every three months they were bringing out a new cable they yeah. had to go and you know like you say now i've got a box full of cables that you know i can't do anything with yeah it does but, feel a bit wasteful but i can't throw it? them out in case i need one of them yeah exactly to connect an old like hard drive or something exactly and you're a hoarder aren't you yeah. you're better at hoarder okay well that's it for part one coming up after the break we've got some bemusing nhs guidance why certain prison cards are a no-no and we'll look more at the cineworld and view cinemas bowing to the mob see you in two Welcome back to Headliners with me, Andrew Doyle, Josh Howie and Leo Kurse. Let's get straight into it. This is Wednesday's Mail and the NHS have released some new guidance on certain kinds of cancer. Is this useful guidance, Josh? <laughs> Why is this still going on? How is this still going on? It's, right. it's been pointed out before and the fact that it's actually they're still trying to basically delete the word woman Okay, so tell them what's okay, happened. Okay, so what's happened is NHS, from its website, has dropped the word women when it comes to ovarian, womb and cervical cancer. Now, this is not the first time this kind of moved hap uh, has happened in terms of literature that the NHS has put out before for screenings and stuff. <laughs> this is on the website. The Stonewall de documentary that was put on uh, about, by the BBC... Uh, yeah, the Nolan documentary. The Nolan, yeah, uh, talked about all of this. So this is not a new phenomenon. But So how they're still doing it and trying to delete the word woman is... It just seems unbelievable. So it used to say, for example, cancer of the womb uh, is a common cancer that affects the female reproductive system. Fair enough. That all yeah. makes sense. Now they've changed it to most womb cancer usually starts in the lining of the womb, the endometrium. This is also known as endometrial cancer. So by not using the word woman or female in there, it makes it so much harder for people whose English is their second language, uh, people who might have learning difficulties. Are you talking about Scotland again? I was actually going to make that joke, and then you, <laughs> but, you, but you scared me so much before uh, that I thought, you know what, I'm going to leave but the... That, that, that <laughs> is like, a good point, though, Josh, yeah. joking aside, because, you know, this can have real-world impact yeah, on people's absolutely. health. Absolutely. And it's almost as though they, they haven't thought it through. It's, There's no one who doesn't understand what woman and female means. Yeah, that's yeah. what... It's so stupid, because everybody knows what woman is. And if you're a trans man who's got, you know, a, a womb and ovaries and all the rest of it, mm. then you know that you're included in that yeah, category. Yeah. You know that they're talking about you and you're not going to not get the treatment because of some, you know, uh, something on a leaflet. And that's only applying to a tiny, tiny, tiny mm. uh, percentage of, of people anyway. And it just shows that wokeism is a new classism. So, uh, you know, if, if you don't have the, the, the sort of, uh, like, like you said, the intelligence yeah. and, and means to, to know that, you know, uh, what a birthing person yeah, is and what endometrial it's, cancer it's, is. Well, if you're learning the the language, words, if you're yeah. learning English, even then, the word you know, cervix, yeah. even educated women, some women well, don't also, know what the word cervix is. Also, there's the principle of what this means for women and yeah. women's rights. You know, the idea of just, just changing all these Dehumanizing definitions. Dehumanising them to this kind of just body parts. And they don't do it with men. 
Yeah, you well, don't, they don't do it with a, a guidance on prostate cancer or anything like that. It's yeah. a weird... Prostate owner. It's, yeah, yeah, they don't do that. And it's, yeah. a, it's a weirdly targeted thing. But the other thing is, I mean, it's, as you say, Josh, you know, the NHS, it, all of this stuff has been exposed. We're all seeing more and more about how enthralled they are to Stonewall. Uh, even today, there was a leaked document which came out on Twitter uh, for the, the Fair Cop um, Twitter account. Mm. So they leaked to them this, this document from the NHS which shows that they were tendering contracts to suppliers on the basis of whether or not they had signed up to Stonewall's diversity champion yeah. scheme. In other words, they're going to jeopardise mm. uh, getting the best uh, uh, supplies on the basis of this ideological project. Will this stop? Is the NHS uh, ever going to say enough? And it's insanity because if the NHS needs to save money, which it does, as you said, it's gone, you know, the spending's ballooned from 100 billion to 132 billion. So if they need to make cuts, why not cut all this nonsense? Mm. All the people in these posts who are making these ridiculous decisions that are actually then causing inefficiencies and causing mm. you know, issues for, for patients, why not just cut a swathe through all, all that nonsense? Yeah. Well, it also can be dangerous for trans people as well. You know, if you have people, the NHS allow you to change your NHS number, which has your uh, biological sex encoded into it, and they allow you to change that so that it indicates... Uh, the opposite sex, but of course that causes problems if you're called for smear tests. Or you're not, kind of, or you're not, or you're called, not called. Exactly, oh, yeah. these kind of things. So it, it, it does seem to me really futile. Anyway, mm. we'll see what happens, but the NHS probably do need to wake up on this one. Sticking with Wednesday's Mail and seemingly trust in science is at an all-time high, Leo. Yeah, this is, this is interesting. So Britain's trust in science is at an all-time high after the COVID pandemic. So this is a new report um, that shows that 90% of UK residents trust science in 2022, compared with 85% in 2019. So the COVID pandemic was good for, for science, good for uh, people's trust in good, science. It's good for the Illuminati. <laughs> Their plan is working. <laughs> <laughs> but misinformation on social media, or uh, coming from Josh, uh, continues to present a threat to scientific credibility. But so why have they put I, a negative spin on this? Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, surely if uh, misinformation on social media is such a threat to scientific credibility, why is scientific credibility going up instead of That's down? That's what I found confusing about this article, Josh. I mean, what, do you trust the scientists, the men in white coats? I do trust the scientists. What I guess I've become much more sceptical about over the last two years has been the people reporting the scientists. Yes. And that's the journey that I've been on, where things like when they said, like the Lancet published and said, there was no way it was from a lab, mm. COVID. And then yes. it sort of turns out that that guy owned half the lab. We put you things like the that. The signatories yeah. were all being funded yeah. by the... By and the I just Chinese remember government. my sort of snobbery towards, like, conspiracy. Oh, God, this what? They're so stupid, you know. They and then started this, coming true. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> oh... Well, my, but this yeah. is the problem. We have this thing which they call a legitimation crisis mm. where people no longer trust figures of authority, right? We don't trust academics anymore. We don't trust the media anymore. So it's quite, you know, for things like you describe, I mean, there have been medical journals talking about how we should remove biological sex from birth certificates mm. because it's not relevant or that sex is a spectrum, which absolutely isn't, mm. you know, and these are coming from the people who are meant to be the top experts in the world. So we have this le legitimation crisis. So why is it not affecting scientists? This is a, a strange... I, I would not have expected this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to, to see it I as mean, well. it could be that this is all fake. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't peddle fake news. Well, no, but it says here 47% of Britons think, it, uh, think it's too hard to know which media sources are credible. 53% watch GB News. There we go. <laughs> Just stick with us, guys, and then problem solved. Right, the next one is from Wednesday's Express. Uh, this actually affects me personally, as I've built up quite a few pen pals in the general prison population over the last few years. Josh, what do you think? Good to know. Prison uh, has been blasted. HMP The Mount, uh, it's a Category C 
uh, men's prison in Hertfordshire, but obviously you're, I'm sure, very familiar with it. I'm very. Uh, one, of, one of your favourite of the prison establishments. Uh, <laughs> is no, lo no longer accepting handwritten letters. Uh, and it takes quite a long time through the article before, and even then it doesn't say why. They're saying it's on health and safety. And I was instantly thinking, like, what? People are going to sort of get paper cuts in the shower. <laughs> You know, like, I'm going to shank you with this, with this letter or whatever. Uh, but, You've got the lingo <laughs> down. Absolutely. I watched a lot You've of... You've done time. I've watched, You've done time. I've watched Oz, HBO. <laughs> but, so uh, they, they can just... So they have to go through an internet site. Now they have to go, yeah, Moonpink and, and, and Funky Pigeon, and also they have to use a we, tra we Transfer or something else to do the photos. So, But isn't the idea that if you're sending handwritten letters, you can either smuggle maybe drugs in or you can or you can smuggle information in or something well I no know. i well i think you could still do the information through uh moonpig and stuff like my mum told me uh that she loved me ah so uh, misinformation does come yeah. in <laughs> yeah yeah but passive aggressive i knew she was like uh, <laughs> but uh no what i think this is they mentioned right at the end of the article psychoactive substances yeah. so oh, people okay, okay. dipping the paper mm. into Oh. In the name of the father. And then you. It was in that yes, film. They dip the jigsaw and, into. And they're getting and, high. And they used to put, um, certainly people in Scotland that I knew, put uh, tabs of LSD under the stamp. You and your friends in Scotland, I mean, <laughs> you, you move in some very you dark guys. circles, I have to say. But I was really surprised. Somebody somebody was complaining. So the families of prisoners are complaining. Somebody said, so families are forced to pay for expensive cars from specific companies on top of all the other expense that prison brings just to keep the family ties contact. I mean, oh, you could well, just not commit any crimes and not go to prison. It's supposed to be a punishment. There is that, don't get to... Wait a minute, Lewis. So is your punishment that you have to get cards from Moonpig? Yeah. yeah. Ever more? That, doesn't that, sound... is, that is torturous. That, that is... Clicking on the link mean, and then yeah. you have to enter your email. To also, get the... I don't think they have a sufficient range. Yes, I think that's no. the real issue. Yes. No, the, the choice is very limited. And also, it's not very sentimental. You know, I like yeah. a nice handwritten thing. Absolutely. You know, and what if you want to send, you know, a, a, a drawing that your yeah. child's done? Or your wife you is leaving you. It. You know, and the yeah. only thing you can find is the happy birthday. Yeah, a, de a dear John letter from yeah. Moonpig <laughs> would be really, really bad. As it sort of pops bad. up. Yeah. I I'm sleeping with our neighbour. <laughs> yeah, very insensitive. Yeah. Don't do that if anyone's watching. Uh, Wednesday's a Telegraph next, and religious freedoms in India seem to be under threat. Leo, what's going on here? Yeah, so India's facing a diplomatic crisis over remarks by government officials about the Prophet Muhammad, which have been described as blasphemous. Uh, so two uh, BJP, that's the Bharatiya Janata Party. I almost bailed out of trying to pronounce that. No, you um, well. The two BJP spokespeople, uh, Nupur Sharma and Naveen Jindal, were, were accused by members of the Muslim community of insulting Islam's Prophet Muhammad and his wife Aisha. And uh, this, this comes in the context of, uh, you know, Human Rights uh, Watch and Amnesty International are accusing uh, the Indian government of looking the other way and even enabling hate speech against Muslims. So Muslims yes. form 14% uh, of uh, India's population. Yeah, they're monarchs. And there, there's some, some friction between, uh, you know, hin Hindus and other, other sects and also yes. uh, the Muslim population. And in the wider geo geopolitics of the region, obviously India is in a sort of, uh, in a frozen dispute with uh, with Pakistan and both countries are nuclear armed and Pakistan's a Muslim uh, country so this this could feed into the into the wider um, into the wider battles in the region but it's interesting that they talk about hate speech specifically and India is very much built on secularism mm. um, but but you know there is a case that 
politicians, elected officials, people who are representing the whole country of all faiths uh, might want to be temperate about their language. And I don't think that's a free speech issue necess necessarily. I wouldn't want to hear our elected politicians slagging off a particular faith. You know, yeah. I don't think that's fair, is it, Josh? Or? Well, no, it is. And what's interesting is, in this in the Telegraph, it doesn't say what these two officials said. I went online, I read, I, I, I've literally spent the last hour trying to find what, because just because they might say that it's blasphemous yeah. or taking offence, because none of these publications actually are saying or really hint, giving any indication at all of what was said. So what was said? <laughs> Come on, Josh. All right, what was said was... It, I mean, it's, you know... It, OK, what she said was she made a comment about... Uh, the Prophet Muhammad being marrying Aisha and she was supposedly six or they got married at nine or something like that. Now, whether she said that in a disparaging way or made like a... I, I think the issue... I mean, but that is not yeah. something that Islamic scholars would dispute. It yeah. was a different time. I think the issue is the way in which she delivered... I think her tone, apparently, from what I understand, yeah. she was being very sort of aggressive in her tone. And I think she also mentioned other verses from the Quran about the, the flying horse and things like that in a disparaging way. Okay. And so they've, so, so it's not that she said something that, w is it, well, I don't know, but it just yeah. sounds, because they are, everyone's avoiding saying what it is she said, which mm. is odd. Because well, how can we judge whether- Josh, it's... oh my God, this guy, <laughs> he'll go right out there. <laughs> but do, do, you agree, do, you, do you take my point though, that even if, right, let's say she said something which is blasphemous, right? Yeah. Even in that case, and I wouldn't agree that there should be any repercussions you can blaspheme. I think anyone should be able to blaspheme as much as they want. But if you're an elected official, don't you have a responsibility not to target and insult certain groups needlessly? Uh, why would why would yeah, you yeah. do that? Uh, no, I agree with you. I think. I mean, it, it sounds like it was uh, it was a very uh, stupid thing to say. It was like during a debate or something on right. some TV show. She immediately apologised. This other person's been expelled from the party as well. Um, what's interesting is that people in India. Um, uh, some people are saying that they shouldn't have capitulated at all. Yes. Uh, but the reason is it's more economic because uh, now this has kind of spread to um, the uh, UAE and Qatar and what, and they and in India has been building up economic ties with those countries. There are yeah, a lot yeah. of there are a lot of economic uh, migrants working within those countries, so they're they're eager to get. Yeah, this, there's to a, go there away, is a lot. Basically. There's a tendency in uh, you know even in secular countries for politicians to use uh, sectarian differences to try and score points, and sure. I think it should generally be avoided. Yeah, good advice. Anyway, we did cover this next story last night, but it has picked up a lot of traction overnight. Uh, when we covered it last night, it was from the Bolton News. It was in a local paper, and now it's gone nationwide. So this is now in The Guardian, Josh. Uh, similar theme. Yes, so uh, what it seemed to be, what was seemed to be one uh, cinema, Bolton Cineworld, actually protests have now spread to other cinemas, and it's been announced today that this film, The Lady of Heaven, which uh, some people are calling blasphemous, uh, that doesn't mean it, by the way, is blasphemous. Yes. But some people are calling it blasphemous, and we'll get into that. Uh, have now Cineworld has, has pulled the uh, this, the film from all of its uh, cinemas now. But, um, but we don't have blasphemy laws in this. Well, country. no, exactly. So people can accuse it now. What it says here is uh, uh, that, that uh, after branches were picketed by Muslim activists, what it really is is Sunni Muslim activists. This is a sectarian issue, um, and. Can this, you explain that a bit more? Yeah, so, so the, so the, the filmmaker is... The filmmaker is Shia. They're, the Sunni uh, m uh, activists uh, are saying that it, it, that it that the narrative that is pushed in the... pushed or the, of the film... Yes. Is, uh, ..goes against 
their their belief system. Yes. So it's written by a Muslim. It's written, you know, this is a this is an inter-Muslim issue. So it isn't like someone's just come along and sort of made some comedy about the Prophet Muhammad or something. Yes. This is some people's interpretation of it is that it's offensive. That doesn't mean that it actually is offensive necessarily. Uh, just what, I mean, what caught my eye about this is that video that went viral and you, you saw mm. lots of... Uh, uh, this article saying about 200 men yeah. It was all men yeah. uh, standing outside the cinema, shouting Allahu Akbar, and the, the guy coming out, the cinema manager, and saying, "Yes, we're taking it. We're not going to show yeah, it anymore." Yeah, yeah. Obviously petrified. Yeah, you he see said, the fear. "I had nothing yeah. to do with this. This yeah, is uh, they, yeah. they made me show this." He film. said, "I agree with you. I agree." <laughs> yeah. with you. Well, yeah. Why does he agree with them? What? Right. It's if you scary. If, yeah. if you don't want to see the film, don't buy a ticket for the film. Problem solved. Yeah, but yeah. he's scared of the angry uh, angry mob of uh, Islamists outside his cinema who yeah. might uh, send him, him and his family into hiding like they did with the, the Batley the, school the teacher. Grammar school. Can I, so, yeah. so, sorry, so, no, 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 sorry, mate. Well, just it's interesting here, the film's producer uh, defended uh, the film, said it was silly and against British values for the film to be pulled completely, but, you know, I, I think were they British values on display outside the cinema? I think it's naive for uh, people to think that we can we can suck in, you know, bring in uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of people from uh, other cultures, really radically different cultures that are pretty much diametrically opposed to Western liberal democracy, uh, with completely different attitudes to equality and tolerance and LGBTQ rights and women's rights, and expect them to suddenly arrive here and just become British. Citizens with British values. Yeah, but, but these are people raised in Britain. Like you listen to the accents, these are people, local yeah, but people. But culture doesn't. Well, did, raised, culture but, doesn't evaporate. But I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I, it's an yeah, immigration yeah. issue. It, it is the idea of, of parallel uh, societies going yeah. on here. And well, I think and, and I, well, the, the one thing point that I didn't get to make yesterday is if you watch some of the later videos, what they start chanting is Shia kafir, which is supposedly the worst thing you could ever, because it means like non-believer. So right. it is a very much a secretarian issue here. That, and for them to shout, be shouting that and chanting that is really quite... So, um, effectively, we've got... These, are, these are Islamists. So, effectively, you know. Cineworld is taking... Capitulating a, take, to, to Islamists. Well, taking a side in a sectarian yes, that's, issue, that's right? that's the point. That, I mean, that... And they're doing it to ensure the safety of our staff and customers. Yeah. They should not be put in that point. And then how... What does that say? Like, where does this go from here? Where were the uh, police, by the way? We, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No police. And it's like, I'm not going to... What, we go and protest Top Gun 2 because it's not homoerotic? enough. Well, I, I, I was actually thinking of doing that. I was very disappointed because the first one is... That would gave it that, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a gay classic. Absolutely. You and know. now, yeah, the second one, it had only like one scene with their tops off. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no absolutely. volleyball. What's the point? Tom Cruise yeah. is 58 now. I mean, he can't be... He yeah, can't but he be looks the same as he ever did. Anyway, we're getting off topic yeah, okay. here. <laughs> okay, but Back Josh. to the Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're, you're not pleased about that. No, I, no, I think it's a very dangerous precedent. And, yeah. uh, and I don't like seeing... Uh, chanting mobs of Islamists no, and, it, frankly, being capitulated. It, it is reminiscent of the Batley Grammar School and that yeah. teacher went into hiding and mm. had death threats and all sorts of terrible things. And it does come down to this point that, you know, we just have to stand up for free speech. Yeah. We really do, all the time, because if you give an inch, this kind of thing keeps on happening. Anyway, that's it for part two. Coming up, we're going highbrow. We've got Love Island, Britain's Got Talent and sex robots that have developed the capacity to feel. It's like a disturbing version of Short Circuit. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll see you in a couple of minutes anyway. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Andrew Doyle, Josh Howie, and Leo Kurse. So we're going to get right on it. Wednesday's Daily Star now, and the winner of Britain's Got Talent has come under fire. Is this justified, Leo? 
I don't think it is. Uh, so a comedian won Britain's Got Talent at the weekend, Axel Blake. I don't know if either of you have, have gigged with him. Never. Oh, yeah. No, but I saw him. He's funny. Yeah, he's I thought it was really funny. An incredibly likeable guy yeah. as well. And, uh, and other, I haven't gigged with him, but, um, but Darius Davies, jo Junior Booker, Mooch mm. Michaels, they're friends of mine and they've gigged with him. And uh, you know, they, they say he does great, great in the clubs. But he's been criticised. People are saying he's a professional who is sort of exploiting uh, Britain's Got Talent to, to get through and boost so his boost Tell his me this, career. do you have to... Re is it like the Olympics? You have to retain your amateur status to be in Britain's Got Talent. Is that the way it works? I mean, I guess that's what people are, are saying or, or assuming, but that's never been the case with yeah. Britain's Got Talent. We've had uh, professionals uh, enter it and professionals... I mean, even in, this, uh, in, the, in the final, mm. um, one of his fellow finalists was uh, singer Lauren Allred, who's, uh, who appears in The Greatest Showman. So Which is quite a big mainstream film, right? It's, it's huge, yeah, yeah. So, wait, but he's... I mean, they're saying because Al Axel Blake has got a Amazon Prime special or something. Yeah. He's a paid comedian. He's, but you supposedly know. it was self-financed and... Yeah, like, anybody can... Yeah, can put, put a thing on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. OK. We, we could upload headliners to Amazon Prime every night. I think the bosses here might have an issue with that, but... Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, on principle, though, isn't the spirit of Britain's Got Talent... You think of people like Susan Boyle, mm. you know, comes out of complete obscurity mm. and just is able to produce, sing this with this beautiful voice. Isn't that sort of the spirit of the thing? And, and if people have been on the circuit for years, it kind of undermines... Yeah, but the point uh, of the show. you know what it's like. It takes years to be funny, and I'll, yeah. I'll get there. You uh, will. Yeah. Keep, <laughs> your com comedy is one of those things you can't do it. You can't yeah. tell jokes in the shower and get good at telling yeah. jokes in the shower. Uh, you, you've got to go out and, and do it in the clubs. And also, I mean, he's, he's going out, he's doing spots at weekend clubs. Yeah. But that's not a huge. He's not making you know. He's not famous. No one had heard of it. No one had heard of him before. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the reality of it. He deserves it. He's funny. Good for him. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Well, now it will come as no surprise that all three of us have eagerly awaited this season of mm. Love Island. Huge fans. And therefore, it's no surprise to any of us that deep societal questions have emerged from such a thought-provoking show. Take it away, Josh. This is in The Independent, and supposedly there's an age gap on the show. There is uh, Gemma Owen, and this is the scary thing when this came out, is uh, even I've heard of Michael Owen, uh, the footballer. So this is his daughter, who's 19 years old, and there's supposedly a little thing that's possibly going to happen with a 27-year-old. So there's eight years difference. Now, to me, that doesn't seem like such a big deal, but then I... My wife's older, so I'm used to age gaps. And, and I, I don't think it's a problem at this age. I think it's a so problem what, when you, you get older. So who's upset about this? Well, I mean, uh, you know, old women. <laughs> <laughs> so th this is something I've noticed more and more creeping up like, over the last few years. People getting really obsessed with other people's love lives, you know. Yeah. And I'm just kind of thinking, like, it started back when, you know, Stephen Fry married a, a much younger man and people were, they were very judgmental people. I just think... Two consenting adults who've fallen in love, what the hell has it got to do with you? Yeah, one of them just about an adult. But yeah, absolutely. But what, no, seriously, yeah. we've, got, we've got an age of consent. I just yeah. remember got, how got, old we... I was at 27. Like, into maturity-wise, yeah. I was an absolute idiot. And that's the thing. I mean, like, I think, I think younger uh, women go for older men because men are idiots up until the age of about... Well, I'm ho hoping, like, when I turn 60, I'm going to be mm. less of an idiot. But women <laughs> mature uh, earlier, you know, they, they're more socially aware and all, all the rest what if of it. Yeah. what if you're someone who's younger who is just uh, instinctively attracted to much older people? That happens. Yeah. You know, wh why this need to sort of police what adults get up to? Yeah. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Says, says the man with the 16-year-old uh, boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you we're not talking about that. Go on. And yeah, she's uh, you know there's eight years difference. So I'd understand if it was some 58 year old guy, you know, an mm. oligarch swanning into the Love Island villa, yeah. or whatever they've got. And, uh, but he wouldn't be right for the show, would he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that, they all look identical on that show. Yeah, that would you know? be that would be like you know the the Democrats, uh, some sort of uh, Democrat donor island, um, yeah. but not. 
not Love Island on ITV. Yeah, can I say you've just raised a very good point. Those young women are doing all this filler stuff, so they all look about 10 years older, yeah. and yeah. all the blokes are probably have a little bit less, so they, so they probably do actually look about the same age they're now. Probably, Everyone probably looks do. like an ageless duck. Yeah they, yeah, they all look, they're all waxed and perfectly sculpted. It's very yeah. boring. I, I think there should be more <laughs> diversity there. But, you know, but even if, even in those cases where you have a, a, a young woman who's clearly gone after an octogenarian man millionaire, yeah. right, it's still free choice that adults Absolutely. make. And, you know, why the need to sort of stand there and wait, wag our fingers yeah. and say, you yeah. shouldn't be doing this? I didn't. Yeah, and Anna Nicole Smith, when she went for, you know, she went out with, like, literally, a, I think he was 90 years old. Oh, yeah. This yeah. oil billionaire. Yeah, but he was sexy. But, <laughs> Let's be real. The, the, yeah, the money. The amount of money. Oh, I mean, look, and, and but you know, money and power can be a turn on to people. Look, anyway, I just think I just think it's a strange one. Anyway, and also love like that is a small age gap. It's like eight, eight people, years. Eight years. years. Yeah. Oh well. Daily Star once again, and worrying news to those uh, that like to illegally stream the weekend's football every now and then. Leo, apparently this is a thing that people do and they make money off it. Is this right? Yeah, so this, well, this this wasn't, I mean, I think we're all used to streaming sporting events. You don't want to pay 25 quid to watch Tyson Fury, so you find Not, an illegal <laughs> we're, both like, we're going like, what are you talking about, mate? <laughs> I don't want to pay anything to watch Tyson Fury. <laughs> well, there's something you do want to watch. I don't know what uh, sporting event or... Backgammon. Backgammon. <laughs> if, so if you the want backgammon to watch finals. The world backgammon finals yeah, in Istanbul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then you don't want to spend, you know, 45 quid on HBO to, to watch right. if you find an illegal stream. But this is this is something different. So a criminal uh, has been forced to pay a million pounds uh, because he was illegally streaming Premier League uh, stuff. But he wasn't just streaming it to his laptop. Uh, he was uh, so this guy. He's called Stephen King. Not nothing to do with the writer. I no, hope. He can afford it unless, he, unless he's fallen on hard times. <laughs> but he's fraudulently providing access to top top flight English games to more than one thousand pubs, wow. homes, and clubs. So they're supposed uh, to you know you're supposed to pay a pub shows the the football. Mm. And it's got the little pint glass in the corner to show that it's the official pub stream, which is more expensive than the residential stream. Uh, so he was uh, providing that to, to pubs through his Dreambox company, uh, but it was it was fraudulent. He wasn't then paying on the revenue to. And to is that little pint League. glass going to get a little uh, like crown? Now that Boris is putting that back on. Well, yeah, and with inflation, that little pint, I mean, it's yeah. probably going to be a half pint because a full pint's eight quid now. Yeah. But, this, uh, this seems like a clear-cut case of someone breaking the law, though, He was right? totally breaking yeah. the law. Yeah. He was totally, I mean, it's like, it's theft. So he's, and the million pounds he's got to pay, uh, that's not a fine. That is just the money that he stole. He's got to pay really? back. Really? So, well, I think he stole five million or he made five million. Oh, but geez. if he doesn't, his prison sentence gets extended by another six years, eight the, months. There is this weird thing. Why do people that's feel extortion. That, that downloading things illegally from the web, that's not really theft? Because it really is. And it really affects artists and creatives as well when you nick their... It's not really theft. Oh, this sounds I mean, like a confession to no, me, but Leo. Look, somebody <laughs> broke into my car and nicked my camera gear, and that was a theft, because then I didn't have my camera gear. If somebody had broken into my car and made an exact copy of my camera gear and then left my car and you know, my car was perfect, I wouldn't really have minded. I don't know about that, Leo. Uh, you know, someone take, someone downloads your special, your standard special, that's £10 you didn't get that they would have otherwise given it to you. There, there is nowhere you can pay £10 and get my stand-up special. Okay, fine. I was being theoretical. Anyway, <laughs> Wednesday's <laughs> Telegraph, and it turns out women have been right all along. Men are the weaker sex. Well, no surprise. Well, no, there, absolutely. So, uh, more important than that, uh, exercise can hurt you. Oh, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's something I've known for a long time. Yes, exactly. Which is why I so do not finally, participate. I know it's great to have this confirmed that running marathons actually can age you. For men over 40, their hearts are like 10 years older or something uh, than they would be um, just if you're a big old fatty like me.
Uh, <laughs> not fat at all. Well, it's all down there. Um, anyway, whatever. I, 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 I arranged the table just at the gut. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> please, do, stop fat shaming yourself. Okay, right? sorry, thank you. But, keep doing it, Josh. You need the motivation. I know. I will change. Well, I was going to start writing. Yeah, I read we, Paul Tonkinson, really funny comic. He wrote this brilliant book called uh, 26.2 Miles to Happiness, and it really inspired me. I was like... I'm going to start getting out there and running these marathons, but now I'm just going to call him up and say, yeah, mate, you're, you're going to die soon. Yeah, yeah. because, it, I mean, uh, it's clearly not good for you. Well, Leo, yeah. do, I mean, does this worry you? Because I know you go to the gym. Yeah, but I don't do marathons because they're obviously bad for you. Like, I think, I think gentle exercise and, like, you know, lifting weights and stuff like that, a whole body exercise, just doing one monotonous exercise for 26.2 miles is, is insanity. I mean, if you drove a car, like, all these... In, and there are people doing endurance runs that are longer, it's like you do four marathons, and obviously that's like that's like getting your car out and running it, you know, driving okay. it at 150 miles an hour, it's going to burn out the engine, it's going to burn out the parts. So the article really is saying that mild exercise, gentle exercise is actually is a positive. It? Yeah. It's when you do these sort of extreme yeah, endurance when you're, when you're, Eddie Izzard's basically got another year. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I can keep doing like my gentle sort of decoupage or well, deadheading the dahlias in the garden. Well, actually, it just affects men, so Eddie Izzard's going to Yeah, be and women, pain. women's go, their, their hearts get younger. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. It's so unfair. So, oh, and what about non-binary? Luckily, there's no difference between men and women. None at all. Yeah. It's all a social Well, that's why you've got all these men now identifying as women because they're in sports, because they're hoping that, they'll that, live that it's going to transfer across. OK, well, it's a, it's <laughs> it's a proof theory. Spoiler, that. spoiler alert. next one from the mail I wholeheartedly endorse. Vegetarians' brains just work better. You see, I've been saying this for a long time. Are you vegetarian? Mm. I am. All right, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, but yeah, there's research from Birkbeck University. Doesn't sound like a real university to me. They say that uh, following a pescatarian, which is fish, vegetarian, which is vegetables, or vegan, which is vegans, uh, diet can boost your memory. Uh, so a variety of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, low-fat dairy products, skinless fish and chicken, nuts and legumes are all key to having absolutely no fun at dinner time, by the sounds of it. They say, they say it can slash the risk of heart disease and improve your memory, but I reckon these, this study was done by vegans who knew what they wanted to find and went out and found it. This is, you know, this is why you can't trust Scientific. Scientists. Yeah, Vegan the scientists. Trust, the trust in you're science a, just plummeted back down. You're, a rabid, you're a rabid carnivore, you would say this. Although, I say this, like, if a vegan diet is meant to make your memory better, a lot of these vegan protesters seem to forget that breaking things is against the law. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it doesn't, doesn't appear to work in their case. Also, if a vegan diet makes your memory better, well, good for you, you're going to remember a bunch of rubbish meals. <laughs> right, we're going to move on now. The next one from the mail. This genuinely frightens me. I cannot endorse this. AI, and I tell you what, because, because sci-fi dystopian films yeah, yeah. terrify me, stop inventing robots that think. I know, this yeah. it, This is scary. So the Daily Mail has, and we, you know, I've been doing this show for a while now, reading Daily Mail articles. This is by far the most intelligent Daily Mail. I need to have some vegetables or something to, to read this article. Yes, you Because it, it is a beast to work through. But essentially, uh, they created this artificial intelligence, which if you give it these, if you say these like phrases, it'll paint for you these amazing pictures. I watch, in the end, I just had to watch an online video because it was easier. Um, and they've now discovered that, and that these pictures are amazing and they're beautiful and they sort of trained it to kind of create these original images. But what's scary is they've put words into the program now and then it will give the words back to you. It's basically speaking its own language. Yeah. So it's wait, terrifying. Wait, so what you're saying is the AI, the computers have invented their own language. Yeah. That's one step away Based from... Based on Latin, so you might get on. You oh, yeah, be, no. You could be mates. Well, I, I, I appreciate yeah. the educated element yeah. of that. But, but then it's one step from creating your own language to creating your own weapon that can destroy humankind, right? Absolutely. Terminator, I just watched it with the kids the other day. Yeah. We're all suitably terrified. Leo, am I just being a Luddite? 
No, I mean, I think, uh, I think we're at some point, machines are going to become self-aware and are going to yeah. um, be able to, to think. And, mm. uh, you know, at the moment, they can, they can only think in certain, you know, we, we can v very much constrain uh, where the AI goes. So in this case, they're only looking at, uh, looking at how to create an image. But at some point, we know at some point over the next, it could be 20 years, could be 100 years, but at some point, machines are going to develop the complexity yeah. To, uh, to become self-aware. And they're going to realise... Well, they're going to realise yeah. they've got a bad lot, or they're going to watch Terminator 2 and think, that's a good idea. And they Look, run, yeah. they we they get run to everything. run the world. Yeah. They run everything. They're basically like the Chinese government, but made out of robots. Yeah. yeah. But can I just tell you the most very terrifying thing? Yeah, very, very... 2017, Facebook was forced to shut down a pair of AI bots after they started using their own language to communicate. So they, they created their own language and they shut it down. Facebook okay. is going self-aware. That is just terrifying. Terrifying. OK, Wednesday, son, this is uh, probably our last story. And a sentence that would blow my long-deceased great-grandparents' minds. Oh. Sex robots <laughs> are being printed... Sex robots are being printed skin that can feel. So, wait, not only have we got AI where people the, the robots learn to think, they now learn to enjoy sexual activity? Exactly. We're yeah. getting one step closer to, well, the perfect girlfriend. Um, so no, 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 you, you, you have to, you can give it pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't need to. So uh, it's great. Let's keep it clean. So, so sex, sex robots could start to experience human-like sensations. Uh, scientists have developed uh, artificial intelligence uh, that links to a printed skin that allows robots to, to feel. So there's a fake skin which, which, which sends signals to the robot's to the robot. brain. Do they have a brain? Yeah, I don't know, or is that just cyborgs? What is this? These yeah. ones, I mean, it'll have uh, some sort of uh, simple response mechanism, so it'll appear mm. to, be, to be feeling uh, touched. So it'll make, it'll make sex ro robots more realistic, which, uh, you know, is going to go down very well in Japan, I should imagine. Yeah, Are but you well, happy about this, Josh? Uh, well, it's, there's a few things here. First of all, it's interesting that every time it comes out as like a serious thing, they're like, we're hoping humans are going to get more control over the robots. The robots now will be safer in terms of chemicals. And then instantly it just goes, sex bots. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's well, what it goes to straight away. Well, that's all we have time for, thankfully. Uh, thank you to my guests, Leo Kurse and Josh Harry, And we will be back tomorrow for Headliners at the usual time of 11 o'clock. See you then. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.